Hello and welcome to the first episode of Talking Serverless. I am here joined by Anna. Uh, Anna is a software engineer at Stackery and she's going to be joining us and we'll talk about uh, Anna's past as well as getting into topics around serverless and see where the conversation goes. How are you doing, Anna? All right. Good. I'm doing great. Sweet. Um, Glad to hear. And so if we just jump straight in, uh, I guess we can kind of go through uh, who are you and what do you do? Okay, sure. Um, So my current role is a serverless engineer at Stackery. Um, I guess you could say full stack because there's only a few of us, so everybody is full stack by default. Um, My background, though, is completely different. I actually did not uh, major in uh, computer science or anything like that. I have a liberal arts degree, a couple of liberal arts degrees that uh, had their use, but um, I decided to change careers a few years back, so... Cool. And um, so you didn't go to computer science. And so how did you find, how did this uh, end up being the thing that you wanted to do? Well, so I feel like I've always been a little bit tech adjacent in my career, especially the last few years before I truly made the jump. Um, I'd always been interested in computers. I was always like tech support for my family. Um, I made silly little HTML websites when I was a teenager, but I never really learned it past that other than making some simple websites for uh, friends and friends bands and so on. Um, But I always kept up with uh, the technology. I was always interested. And the last few years, so I worked as a journalist for um, about seven, eight years. And the last few years I was working as a tech journalist and working a lot with startups. I actually um, ended up uh, writing a book, like kind of workbook for entrepreneurs and uh, just started getting more and more in the tech and startup world to the point where I just decided I wanted to make the jump from writing about uh, the cool things people were doing to actually doing those things. Um, So about, so like almost, yeah, about a year and a half ago now, um, I went to a coding boot camp over here in Portland, uh, PDX Code Guild. Um, it was a full stack program, um, got some great stuff out of it. And uh, my, I was lucky enough to have uh, my first role be at Stackery uh, as an internship that turned into a, a full-time job. So that's how I ended up oh. there. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Um, so you were So you were basically doing tech stuff your entire life and then you started writing about it and you wrote a book as well yeah yeah it was a workbook um i was this was when i was living in uh, europe at the time and it was um for one of the uh, european union's uh, innovation agencies they uh they do all the kinds of workshops for entrepreneurs and competitions and seed funding and so on so this was used um basically how to start a company how to um, iterate on your ideas, um, basically how to um, like a lot of a uh, customer supported um, innovation rather than just holding up and building a product and hoping there's a market for it. So um, a lot of that theory um, boiled down into a workbook. So yeah, that was a great, that was a fun project. I ended up doing some online classes based on it. So uh, it was a lot of fun and I just learned a ton. 
and it made me just want to actually be at a startup. Interesting. Yeah, no, that's 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 fantastic. Actually, it's uh, extremely relevant because obviously I work at a startup and you work at a startup now, right? Mm-hmm. So um, this idea around like how to start a company and then also uh, iterating on ideas. I actually met someone a few days ago who they're talking about human centric approach to developing products. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and it was like something about within a week, you basically you have like a new idea, a new like iteration. And then inside that week, you basically create everything that you need uh, to then roll it out uh, at the end of the week. Wow. And it's this letting like the customer basically define what their challenges are and then building the product to their, you know, their spec. Yeah, um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So moving into the coding bootcamp. So you went to PDX Code Guild. Um, I actually went to Epicodus. So that's oh, cool. extremely relevant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then... And then you started as a uh, Stackery intern. Uh, at what point did you start realizing that Stackery was like the place that you wanted to work? Or how did that happen? Um, basically, the second I ran across their uh, hiring page. Um, and they, you know, a lot of companies talk about wanting to be diverse and inclusive and all that. And, you know, it's good PR. Um, with Stackery, I found that was very much the case from the start. Um, from my first interviews and just seeing uh, seeing the makeup of the engineering team, uh, we're right now 50% women, which is pretty significant, I think. Um, and just, yeah, just like the company culture, um, the technology stack, um, use the fact that we are a serverless shop and we're uh, like, you know, not cutting edge for the sake of cutting edge, but uh, we're just on the bleeding edge because that's the place to be and that's where we all like to be, I feel like. Um, and just there's so much learning to go through there. Um, so, yeah, it was like I saw from the start, it was a really exciting place to be uh, with a really uh, wonderful, inclusive culture. And that's where I wanted to be. And, um, yeah, so I just wrote they didn't actually have internships, but uh, – um, I just wrote saying if that's a possibility just because though my openings were for senior uh, developer developers, which I very much was not. And um, and it seemed like pretty much all companies just wanted seniors. It's it is a it is hard to break in as a junior for sure. Um, but they took a chance on me and um, I'm thrilled that they wanted to keep me. Wow. Okay. So it sounds like they had senior roles. Did you go around? Did you end up messaging them directly or how did that yeah, yeah. happen for you? I, okay. I did. It was just cold email. Um, amazingly got a response back. Wasn't the case for a lot of my job search. So that was a great sign. Um, and yeah, then I had a few interviews and um, I think what really helped is um, we were at a point, Stackery was at a point where um, we were starting to get more users but the documentation was uh say lacking <laughs> it's just hidden it was just whatever engineers had time to do which wasn't much um, understandably so so i think the fact that i had a writing background and i was eager to tackle the docs um because it's a way for myself to learn the product and the technology uh, while trying to explain it to our users um i think that was one of the main reasons i was brought in and it's, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've gotten to write tutorials and quick starts and just expand on what we already had. And um, 
hopefully make our docs really, really useful to our customers. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and the, something that stood out there is like, uh, so you had a writing background and then Stackery was like, oh, we need docs. And it was like a perfect mm-hmm. fit pretty much. And then have you been leading the documentation front for Stackery? Um, it, I won't say I'm leading, but I do a lot of it. Um, just because, yeah, there's the need and we all contribute, but it's just who has the time, who has, um, who takes an um, initiative to, you know, update now that we're iterating so quickly. Like I find it like docs could be a full-time job um, or it's too small of a team for that to be the case, but I try to do as much as I can in between other um, other things I'm working on. So yeah, and I think, I think I just also enjoy it because for me, writing things down is how I learn. Um, so just having the opportunity to like write about a new feature that I may not have actually worked on means I actually learn that feature, at least learn what it's doing in relation to um, uh, other parts of our application. No, I know what you mean. It's like uh, if you if you're like the one having to like write it so that other people understand it, it's like you have to understand it at such a level that um, it's like it's you have to be able to articulate it so that people can understand. And that requires like a pretty deep knowledge. So um, no, that's really interesting. And then the other part of it is like the engineering time part. It's like how this is a struggle for, I think like every development shop is how do you prioritize the things which don't necessarily have like, the direct monetary value, um, at least on the surface. Um, have y'all seen any ways to like prioritize engineering hours towards documentation? Um, I feel like we'll go through blocks where, okay, we really need to spend a few days, maybe one or two people um, should spend a few days updating docs or doing a new tutorial. like, um, And then we'll leave it alone other, for, other than like super tiny updates for a few weeks more and it it comes in cycles it's when the need is there when we have a new resource that we support then of course we need a new doc or a new cli command and that's kind of like an organic process and um i we definitely try to be up to date on that kind of stuff i know in a lot of places it's just easy to let us slide and be like oh we have five new cli commands i guess it's time to make a doc about all of them but we try to do it, you know, as new features are coming out to have the docs pretty much within at least that same week. Um, yeah, but it's, you know, there's there's six of us. So there's only so many hours in the day and only so much we can do. So we do the best we can. Nice. Um, and so when it comes to being a serverless shop and, as you said, being on the bleeding edge, what does that look like on a daily basis? Um, there's a lot of learning, and there's a lot of learning from our customers, which is pretty great. So, I mean, there's what we're doing for our own application and our own CI/CD process that we're always trying to improve. Um, but there's also just talking to our customers and learning where their pain points are, their feature requests, and so on. Um, it's, it's just really cool to see what people are doing with the product and with serverless in general. Um, and like people who are even doing things we're not doing, like we're um, at the moment, we do not use GraphQL, but we have a few customers who do, and we just learn a ton from them. 
you know, and that help us, hopefully helps us to better support um, other users uh, using GraphQL in the future. So that's, that's one example where we're just learning from our customers or like customers uh, developing in TypeScript, you know, like all of this is so new and there's really not much in the way of documentation about it. Um, that definitely makes it a challenge because we're like, we're learning as everybody else that's doing this is learning too. Interesting. And um, when it comes to like what Stackery does, for those who don't know, uh, how would you oh, describe right. that's Stackery? That's probably something we should talk about. <laughs> so uh, we are a tool um, for serverless developers um, throughout the uh, app development lifecycle. So we, we provide, I mean, we provide a, um, several tools. We have a GUI, um, that's our uh, application, um, that's uh, the main application on, uh, in the browser. And that allows users to drag and drop resources um, to architect serverless applications uh, without writing any YAML, or at least in most use cases without uh, writing any YAML. So we are based on uh, the AWS SAM, the serverless application model. Um, we, we base our applications on that just because we found that has like the most, uh, tightly scoped permissions. So we try to bake in base, uh, best practices for our users. So if you're coming in and you might be new to serverless or you just, you know, you might just not want to have to write every single line of YAML, uh, for your app. Um, you want to spin up quickly, so you drag and drop all your resources. So say you're making a simple CRUD app, you drag in, it, drag in an API gateway, connect it to your functions, you know, your get route has one function, your post route has another, et cetera. Uh, maybe connect all of that to a, Lam, uh, to a, a DynamoDB table, or um, in most production applications, you'll have a database within a VPC, and that configuration is a pain. So in our um, in our dashboard, you just drop in a, a VPC, put in your um, your uh, database, MySQL or Aurora or whatever you're using from AWS. Um, you can put in a Bastion. You could put in Lambdas within the VPC, and all of that in the um, under the hood. What we're doing is spitting out YAML in AWS SAM format that is ready for, you know, pretty much just ready to be uploaded to CloudFormation, um, as is you can, of course, make mod modifications if you need to. Um, but what we give you is those, the things that are hard to get right, permissions, um, IAM roles, all of that is automatically done, and it's done with best practices in mind. So it's done in a way where you can be sure like, okay, this Lambda only has permission to talk to this Dynamo DB table. Like there's no start, there's no asterisk. You know, it's all tightly scoped. It's all with security built in. So that's for the architecting um, app phase. And then for, um, for actual deployment, um, we use code build. We also have a local deploy strategy and this is using, you can use our CLI tool for deployment, um, especially if you want to have your own deploy scripts, um, custom deploy scripts um, 
built in as part of your CI/CD, or you can deploy right in our dashboard on the web app. Um, so there's those choices, and then um, once your app is deployed, there's um, we have environment um, as probably most of your listeners know, uh, AWS doesn't really do environments well. So what we have is a way for you to manage environments so you can have, um, if you have a team of developers using Stackery, so say you have three developers, they can each have their own um, dev accounts, dev staging, right, for each one. And then you could have maybe a general staging or integration environment, and then you can have a prod environment. So you can control who is able to deploy to which uh, which environment. Um, say, you know, we don't want Joe Bob that just got hired to deploy the pod. So you can control that. So, yeah, that's kind of all built into the app. And it's like an additional layer of tools on top of AWS and on top of AWS's like serverless offerings. So, And then like within the app, you can see, okay, who deployed which version of the app, when you can see your Git shaws, you can um, link to the repo and see, you know, see at which state it was deployed and um, just see if there's any errors. There's like some monitoring we do, but you can also um, integrate with um, monitoring providers such as Epsigon, for example. So, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, no, it sounds like what y'all did is took all of the, the hardest parts of like building cloud formation and trying to like spin up these resources and then kind of streamlined it yeah, that's, for that's people. Yeah, that's what we try to do. Nice. And so in your day-to-day job, how much of the the infrastructure or the CLI or the documentation, like what does your daily life look like building an application so like Stackery? what I love most about working at a startup is it's different almost every day or at least every week, let's say. So... One week I'll be working on the CLI, like maybe editing one of our uh, uh, one of our commands. Another week I'll be working on just the front end in our React app. Another week I'll be adding a new feature, so I'm doing both um, front end and back end and trying to make them play nice. Um, so it's it's always changing. And then yeah, another week I'll be documenting what I did or just using our app to write a new tutorial using our app. So that's that I find a ton of fun because I get to, you know, test all the features we have and actually use our app as a customer would uh, while like, you know, designing something hopefully fun for users to uh, learn serverless with and learn Stackery with. Gotcha. And so when it comes to like doing all that, like, working on the CLI, doing some full stack developments, uh, you know, writing tutorials, uh, based on the, the past that you said, where you wrote a book and workbook and all this stuff, and you've been doing documentation, what is, uh, what is part of your passion for, like, what is, what is your passion towards like tech and how does that relate to your daily work or mm-hmm. well, outside of it? I think, I think my overarching theme maybe would be, I want to make, I want to make app development as accessible and easy for as many people as possible. So documentation, of course, helps with that. Um, but also just, you know, having, having like, the one of the reasons I'm drawn to serverless is you can be a front-end developer, a newbie front-end developer, and spin, in a, spin up an app within days 
um, using uh, serverless tools, which would have taken, you know, weeks or working with somebody who's a backend developer and a DevOps person, you know, like you, before the work of like several people connect, you know, for simple use cases can be streamlined into one person. And that one person can learn all of it with enough confidence to, you know, be able to spin up simple apps and like eventually uh, with other team members build something more complicated. So that's, I mean, that's what I love about serverless. It really allows um, people who might be new to development or people who are more front end centric to be true full stack developers. Um, and I think, yeah, reducing the pain points, reducing the um, barriers to entry is really important to me. Um, so, yeah, it's it's great to see people that are just learning and just getting into serverless and, like, you know, having small successes and small wins. It's just awesome to see. Yeah, no, I actually, uh, when I learned about serverless, I was in code school. Uh, and then the thing that really struck out about me was just, like, they said, one, well, they said that serverless was the future. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm moldable. Um, and then the other part about it was that once I started learning about it, it was like, oh, I can mm -hmm. create an Alexa skill with this. I can do like API stuff. Um, and it, it rapidly, the trajectory of my career was like mm -hmm. on as like a rocket ship because of learning serverless so early on and only having that like front end and only a brief amount of back end experience because you know, at least on, on my end, like you were, you were getting mm -hmm. on is like, it's empowering, right? Like once you know that you can actually do these things and you can actually like build these really complex applications by just like, you know, leveraging that like fully managed uh, side of it. Um, you know, as you said, you don't need that backend developer, uh, which was a requirement before, or, you know, a whole operations team exactly. or millions of dollars behind you. Um, you can be one person building an app, building an Alexa skill, making something really cool and awesome that you can use and other people can use uh, and doing it, you know, it, it almost made it where like you can build side projects that can scale to like hundreds of thousands of users now, yeah, which is just yeah, I find incredible. that is so cool um, about serverless. Yeah. And so like the areas that are coming out with serverless now and the, the level of change, which, you know, you've, you've, touched on a little bit with the Stackery platform, trying to keep up with it. Um, what areas do you, are you looking at or is the Stackery team looking at uh, where it's like, it's cutting edge, it's potentially going to have a huge impact on the entire industry, but it's not early enough or it's not, it hasn't become well, so much mainstream. Um, personally, I'm really excited about EventBridge, um, but I still don't know too much about it. I just remember when it was announced reading it and then it doesn't have CloudFormation support. So I'm like, good, well, I'll come back to that. Um, so what does what the bridge do? So from the way they described it, and I, I could be a bit off on this, but for, from what I remember, it's, uh, it, it's the glue between different managed services, which I mean, which you can... Right now, you do with the Lambda functions, but it seems like this will simplify those connections even further, which sounds really cool to me. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about that, but that's still not something I haven't dug into. Um, I've been, um, we've been looking a little bit at uh, what the AWS CDK 
uh, team is doing, um, which also sounds really cool. And they seem like really interesting people and really cool people working on that. So um, I'm excited to see what comes out of that. And if there's any way like, you know, CDK apps could have a greater support within Stackery. Um, yeah, and just, just seeing more frameworks come out, seeing the um, Lambda uh, cold starts being reduced in VBCs is awesome. Um, it seems more and more like we are getting away from using Lambdas to, you know, trigger a whole uh, event flow within apps. And, like, there's more and more cases or will be cases where you can just get rid of the Lambda altogether and just have logic built in between these events so or between these services so i think that's coming but it's not quite there yet um so yeah no it's a it's an exciting time and it's a time where like really like we are feel like sitting on the edge of our seats for during every like major aws announcement like is this going to be awesome? Is this going to break something we're doing? Like, you never know. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, uh, you mentioned Eventbrite and CDK and, and those are like, uh, Mm -hmm. definitely like new innovative products. And I think the biggest thing that you touched on, which has been relevant for us is the idea of like lambdas being somewhat replaced by just like, uh, these connections. Um, and whether it's Eventbridge or something else, it's like, it's this like idea that you know it's just really cool, and I'm I'm pretty passionate about is mm-hmm. just reducing exactly. the code you know that you have to write, um, and I guess you know that's like the the basis behind like the stackery with like infrastructure, and I think that from my end because I write so much of the like development code that you know the infrastructure uses, it's like for like clients being able to uh, you know s- reduce the amount of time that I'm like frustrated debugging something and just. If it's a CRUD API, just exactly. let it talk directly yep. to the database or something and come back. And that feel like that wasn't even a possibility bef- between or yeah. what feels yeah. like uh, a year ago. Um, and so now it's like we have this ability to literally create CRUD APIs with no code in between it and a static like mm-hmm. you know templating language file. Um, and the the future of that seems really interesting. And it's also like. I guess you could even go further than that and say, the you know, like for instance, like an S3, like a vent trigger, um, like when somebody uploads an image, um, that that connection to mm-hmm. go to the Lambda function automatically is insane in itself. And then now making it where that S3 triggering the Lambda function is like potentially not necessary because exactly. of some other AWS yeah. service in the future. Um, that's going to be, you know, when they come out with a thumbnail, right transformation service or something that would put a lot of uh, tutorial writers out of business (laughs) yeah yeah, true that i mean i was just thinking about doing like a instagram (laughs) tutorial about how to use serverless to change thumbnails um yeah cool and so for you looking forward into the future what type of things are uh you interested in uh working on more uh and what is your what is your kind of vision for the future look like? I, I want to say more of the same, just like as the tech involved, sorry, as the tech evolves, just staying on top of it as much as we can and improving um, the user experience for our customers. 
um, I, I feel like we have this great, um, this great feedback loop with our customers. Like we, um, we get a lot of feedback, like really like detailed, great feedback that is actionable and we can roll out improvements pretty quickly. And I feel like we work like a very smooth, um, quickly iterating team. And as we grow, like hopefully that will remain the case and we'll keep, um, keep improving our own processes while, um, while maintaining that um, really beneficial feedback loop from customers. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking forward to getting better, uh, being less confused all the time. Um, like I, I feel it's been, it's been over a year now at Stackery. So I feel like I'm finally like hitting that threshold where I don't have to ask a senior developer every little thing. So yeah, it's definitely not boring as is. <laughs> and, um, I love that I get to do completely different things every week on my job and I can like, it's such a fast moving team of such talented people. I feel like my own learning is exponentially accelerated just being on this team. Um, I guess the best analogy I can make is if you're a musician and you're like maybe the, the weakest link in your, uh, in your band, but everybody around you is an incredible musician and they're willing to teach you and you, you know, you struggle to keep up, but if you do manage to keep up, you're just learning, you're getting better so much faster than if you were playing with people at your same level. So um, that's kind of how I feel like on the team. Like I feel like my own learning is accelerated because I'm surrounded by such talented people every day. So that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's that sounds great. Actually, it's just like I, if I'm getting it correct, it's like you are already in a spot where like you have opportunity mm-hmm. to grow uh, exponentially. Cool. All right. Well, um, you know, thanks for being on the Talking Serverless podcast. Um, I really appreciate you being here and giving some insight into like the world behind Stackery and the things that, you know, are coming out of AWS, which you're, you know, fascinated by. Um, do you have any shout outs or anything, any ways that people could connect with you or um, sure. follow up yeah. on some so, of the stuff that you've talked um, about? I'm on Twitter um, at Anna Spies, um, which is not the spelling of my last name, but it sounds the same. So it's Anna S-P-I-E-S. Um, we have a Stackery Twitter um, at Stackery IO, um, um, which is our website. Um, so we have a free developer tier. Um, you can have up to three users on your account and have up to three active stack or sorry, six active stacks. Um, so that's like I feel like that's plenty of room to you know at least kick the tires, try Stackery out. Um, see if you like um, doing local development with it. I feel like one of the most useful features we have is the ability to let you iterate locally while not mocking resources, but actually communicating with cloud resources. So we are, so yeah, for example, if you have um, an application on the AWS that um, uses a Dynamo table, you can actually um, invoke a function on your laptop that is getting data, writing data to that table. So that's um, uh, with all the correct permissions or if you've messed up your permissions, you'll know, you know, rather than uh, mocking and then only to deploy and have 
you know, your permissions uh, messed up in production. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really cool feature we have and something uh, anybody can try for free. So, yeah, just check out Stackery on, uh, at Stackery.io and you can read all about it and set up your free account. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for being on here. Um, you know, uh, if anybody wants to reach out, uh, follow up with uh, Anna on her Twitter, uh, as well as, you know, checking out Stackery and their free tier uh, for developers. Um, we've used it very briefly at Serverless Guru, wrote an article about it, and it seemed uh, like a pretty good solution to a complex problem. So, uh, and then finally, if anybody is looking to hear more of Talking Serverless, we have a website up at talkingserverless.io. And then we will be doing another episode uh, probably next right. week. Thank so, you for having um, me. I'll see you there. Yeah. Thanks, Anna.